Hi, and welcome to Journeys to Belonging podcast with host Dr. Eileen Winokur, featuring awesome educators and leaders who share their journeys, advice, and personal stories about feeling a sense of belonging. Hi, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Journeys to Belonging. On this episode, it's just going to be me. And I am continuing to reflect on the year past. Hindsight is 2020 after all. But I'm also going to be looking at things that I learned from my podcast guests this year, specific themes that I've found have been recurring in many of the interviews that I did and also focusing on something I posted on social media today, which I'd like to start with. So today I posted a gratitude jar. And I know that there were a lot of uh, references to gratitude during the month of November because of Thanksgiving and other holidays that happened in November. And I posted also about my gratitude and what I was grateful for in November. So you may wonder why a gratitude jar today. I have noticed on social media that on a weekly basis, there are specific hashtags where people are posting um, people from their PLN, people they're grateful for, groups they're grateful for, PLNs they're grateful for, communities they're grateful for, but mostly people that they've tagged that they're grateful for, that have influenced them, have changed them positively in some way, affected them positively in some way. And over the months of the past year, I found it a bit difficult because Initially, I would repost, I would answer, I'd use the hashtag, but I always felt like I was leaving someone out. And I always felt badly that maybe I would leave someone out or forget someone. Um, There are so many people that I have to be grateful for, especially on social media, especially because I'm so far away from everybody here in Kuwait. And so it's been sort of a dilemma for me, my finding my way to be able to say thank you to everybody who has influenced me in a positive way. And I can't really do that with a hashtag. I can't do that with a post with 240 characters or even on Facebook with uh, unlimited characters. Um, I'm always going to forget someone. I am always going to feel like I've missed someone. And that doesn't make me feel good. And although I admire people for being able to get these hashtags going and, you know, that it's important that we recognize people in our lives who who are grateful for. So what did I post today? I saw a gratitude jar template on Buncee. Um, one of my favorite places to go for templates besides Adobe. And I thought, you know what? Let me just post the groups of things that I am grateful for. And so if, in case you didn't catch my post, 
It said in the middle of the jar, I am grateful for my global PLN and all those who lift me up. Help me feel a sense of belonging and most importantly, give me hope for the future. And I posted uh, friends. I posted my colleagues and students. I posted family, Buncee and Wakelet. And of course, there are many other apps like Flipgrid and Adobe. And they're all part of my community. And I'm really, really glad that I was able to do that. Now, I posted it and I tagged a few people but on the picture, but it was really hard for me to decide who to tag. And I felt like I wasn't tagging enough people. So I wondered, what, what do I do in that case? And then I started seeing responses from people and people who I hadn't tagged, it really spoke to them and they understood me. They understood that I didn't need a hashtag, that I didn't need to, to post it and tag certain people. They understood that it would, that I meant them. They knew who they are. And I was so gratified that they saw the post and they understood that they were included. And so that's just one of the things that I wanted to look at. How are we able to be inclusive? How are we able to be grateful across the miles online when people aren't face to face with us? And I think we just need to keep trying to reach out to them, even if we don't tag them, even if we don't specifically mention their names. I'm hoping that they know that I am grateful for them because they've had such a positive influence on me. And if I've had a positive influence on them, I'm forever grateful for that too. Now, what have I learned from all my podcasting this year? And I look forward to next year, 2021, for more podcasts and more guests. But for the past year, when I've been doing my interviews, I've seen some specific themes, such as the importance of self-belonging, what I call self-belonging which has to do with self-discovery, self-esteem, self-efficacy, a growth mindset, being able to believe that there's something better out there for you, that if you work a little bit harder, if you look for the networks, if you look for the right people, if you continue to positively reach out, if you believe in your dreams, that you'll be able to find them. But you have to start with the search of self. And although we can't completely immerse ourselves in that because it would be rather lonely just to concentrate on trying to improve ourselves, we also need to have those relationships with other people. So how do we work on both those things at once? How do we work on ourselves while we're reaching out to others to have those personal relationships and those professional relationships. And I think that what I've learned from my guests is that we all need a little bit of guidance. We need someone to listen to us. We need someone to be able to reflect, to understand what we're saying, 
and be able to reflect back to us. It gives us clarity. It guides us. If we're talking about our students, that would be giving them the skills and the tools to be able to make that search of themselves on their own with our guidance, giving them tasks, giving them activities, showing them things like um, finding, uh, uh, putting together an about me Buncey or recording on Flipgrid about um, something that's their favorite, uh, drawing, singing, uh, looking into music of their favorite music. Uh, it's all a part of inquiry and discovery. When we know our students very well, we know the kinds of things that interest them. We know what makes them tick. We know what makes them feel more engaged, if you want to use that word, although I think it's overused. And we, we help them wonder, wonder about themselves and wonder about others. And another thing that I've learned is that my guests were so inclusive. They were aware of the others around them. They wanted to make sure that they didn't miss anybody. They wanted to make sure that they taught their students and made their students aware of all of the different types of learners and people that we have in our classrooms and in our world. Those teachers who uh, believe or not believe in, but actually engage their students in global collaboration, in connecting with other students around uh, in other states, in other countries, looking for solutions, involving the Sustainable Development Goals, the SDGs, all of that awareness that teachers help their students have enables their students to learn more about themselves. And truthfully, it ha helps us as teachers learn more about ourselves. If there's nothing else that this year of pandemic and crises has taught us is that there is a lot to learn about ourselves. And I'm hoping that by listening to this podcast today, you're thinking to yourself, what have I learned? What have I learned about myself this year? And I hope your answer is that you're vulnerable. Not every day is perfect. Not every day is positive. Moments are positive, but maybe there are things that happen that sort of set you back. But if you truly look back, and just like Barbara and I were saying last week on last week's episode, if you truly look back at the year as a whole and think to yourself, what have I accomplished in spite of the way the year progressed, in spite of all the uncertainty, in spite of being presented with new programs, new uh, administrative decisions, new students in your classroom, uh, different things that happened, uh, the political news that was going on, crises around the world that you heard of. In spite of all that, you were able to move forward. You were able to survive it. You've survived it 
And as they say, you've become stronger for it. And so when looking back, it te we tend to focus on the negative. And I know it has been such a stressful, intensely stressful and traumatic time for everybody. But what have we accomplished? We've looked more closely at our education system. And as we look more closely at our education system, there's a bigger push for change. It's a grassroots change. The change needs to happen from the teacher, student on up, not from the top down. We need to be able to take that grassroots change and know what worked and didn't work this year for all of us and be vocal about the, to our leaders, to our political leaders, to our policymakers, to our administration. And we need to insist on being able to help make decisions. Will it happen overnight? Probably not, but we still need to stick to it. And if you think about the kinds of things that you were able to do this year with the amount of training that you had or lack of training that you had, it's really incredible. Are you overworked, overtired? Yes. But remember, think of all that you've accomplished. Think of what you've accomplished for your students, yourselves, and your families. And what I've learned from my podcast guests is resilience. It's sometimes difficult for us as educators because we're service people. We serve for us to really think back and be aware of all that we've accomplished, be aware of our strengths, and because we tend to be critical, we tend to look at the things we've missed. Um, when I thought that I didn't want to teach, um, when I thought that it was going to be too hard for me to become an educator, that it wasn't my calling, and now I know it is, I thought, well, I can't be perfect for all my students. I am going to let my students down. I can't be there for all my students. How can I be perfect? But you don't have to be perfect. You have to be vulnerable. You have to be human. And you have to be honest. Your students forgive you. Your students understand. They grow from the fact that you have expressed your vulnerability, that you have asked for their help. I mean, the more we see of students and the more we give students the opportunity to come up with answers themselves, it's really amazing the kinds of things that they can do. Um, I was able to hear Gitanjali Rao speak at the ISTI conference. And I'm very excited because uh, she's agreed to speak to some of the refugee students that I uh, help mentor in Kakuma camp. And she's amazing. She's an inventor. She's 15 years old. For those of you who, who haven't, who don't know about her, 
I highly suggest, and I'll definitely leave uh, the information in my um, episode notes, my show notes. But she's amazing. She was um, recognized by Time Magazine as uh, an inventor, an innovator, uh, top student of the year. And basically, she has affected or given skills to 30,000 students around the globe, helping them understand that they too can be innovators and inventors. And so we as teachers, we need to be able to make sure that our students know that they have that ability to become inventors, become innovators, to problem solve, to find solutions. If we expose them to the sustainable development goals, which is their future, um, we only have nine years left. 2030 is the target for the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals. Um, Climate change. Uh, There are so many things that we need to involve as a community, as a group. We need our students to feel enabled, but not enabled in a way where they can't do things and we have to do it for them. We need to work together with them and make sure that they feel that they can do the things that we used to do for them. And so again, reflecting on this past year and all that I've learned about belonging, belonging is absolutely essential to our well-being in order for us to be able to have those personal, healthy personal relationships, healthy professional relationships, to feel good about ourselves, we need to look at self-belonging, personal belonging, and professional belonging. We need to be vulnerable, we need to be resilient, and we need to look back and say, yes, we can celebrate our accomplishments. Was life perfect in the past year? No. But Hopefully, this challenge and these challenges have made us stronger. What we need to do is for it to bring us together. And I hope 2021 will be that year that we'll start healing and that we will be able to start pulling back together as communities. We need to look and help each other for the common good, for the futures of our children, and their children. We need to make sure that the world is still here in 20, 30, 50, 100 years. And the only way we can do that is to work together as a community. And guess what? Community is all related to belonging. We need to feel that we have a part to play in the future of not just ourselves, but the future of everyone on this planet. It sounds rather lofty. It really does. But that's my dream. And I'm hoping by publishing my book about belonging next year and by doing these podcasts and talking to different educators and others about their journeys to belonging and blogging, about 
my journey to belonging and being vulnerable by sharing my feelings of being the other or being different or feeling different or not feeling like I belonged and how I was able to grow and find myself, come to that understanding of myself and feel that I'm able to belong wherever I am in the world. It's, it's really been a major accomplishment. So as we finish 2020 and look forward to 2021 in the next couple of weeks, I mean, it's only, it's not very long now. It's only about maybe 10 days. What's today's date? No, two weeks. So I guess it's two weeks. As we look forward rather than backward now, we can take what we've learned this year and make the world a better place because of it. And so I'm wishing everybody a wonderful end of the year. This isn't the last episode for the year. I'll definitely be having one next week and the week after. But I wanted to be able to take a ch uh, some time and reflect on all that I've learned. I want to thank all of my podcast guests so far and all of my listeners and all the people on social media my family and friends for really making me feel like a part of a, the, a greater, greater good, the greater common good. And I really feel positive about our future. I think we need to really look and listen to each other and learn about ourselves to be able to have those healthy relationships with others. So with that, I want to thank you all for listening to this episode and, the, and to subscribe to my podcast and be well, stay safe. And for those of you celebrating holidays this month, happy holidays. Thank you, everyone. Thank you for listening to today's episode. If you're inspired by what you heard, be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. For more information about belonging, check my website, Journeys to Belonging, that's Journeys number two belonging, dot webstarts.com. See you next week.